You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. Okay, this is a big episode. It's a very big episode. This is a... It's so big that it's a to-be-continued episode. Another to-be-continued episode. Um, yeah. Another cliffhanger. They're doing a lot of those this season. It's, you know, they're really getting into the to the, the deep, deep plot of the X-Files here in season two. Frankly, I mean, as people maybe have noticed, it's been a while since I saw this season. And um, I'm watching it like... Wow, they were they were talking about this shit this early? Um, and yes, they were. And I mean, some things are making sense to me now that weren't, you know, but that's because I forgot what happened in this season until now. So it's really informative for me personally. Hmm, that's that's interesting. Before we get too far into this episode, I feel like I should bring up, because this episode slightly has a UFO in it, um, I'm going to bring in some real-world news and say that the other night on 60 Minutes, um, a former Pentagon employee confirmed the existence of UFOs, which, I mean, we've already known, but it's just another layer of confirmation. We've been aware, but now, you know, the government is admitting it. And that's a big step. And it's just like makes me think, you know, what would Mulder be saying right now? What would he be doing? What would he be thinking? Would this be like the best day of his life? Would he be the former Pentagon employee that's releasing this news to 60 Minutes? Like, probably. That's what I was going to say. I think he would be the person on 60 Minutes. So the person who was actually on 60 Minutes was the former head of the Pentagon's UFO investigation program. So they had a whole program investigating UFOs. It was a multi-million dollar program. It's happening. I think that what strikes me the most about this news is just, it's like, fully sinking in for me that not only yes there is other um you know intelligent life out there but it is significantly more intelligent than human life it seems because to my knowledge we don't have the type of crafts that they have we are not hovering around other planets with civilized life um but apparently they are and uh that to me seems uh, uh far more advanced than we are oh it's way more advanced and i'm gonna read what this former head of the ufo ufo investigation program said um which is basically just confirming how much more advanced they are than us he said Imagine technology that can do six to seven G-forces, fly 13,000 miles an hour, that can evade radar, and that can fly through air, water, and possibly space. And by the way, 
has no obvious signs of propulsion, no wings, no control surfaces, but can still defy the natural laws of Earth's gravity. That's precisely what we're seeing. Precisely. He's like, that's literally what I said is literally what we saw. Um, God, the aliens must be here, like, looking at our airplanes, like, these dumbasses flying these old ancient planes. We probably look so stupid to them. Right. Totally. I'm sure that we do. They thought they were going to find other intelligent life, and they probably came and were like, uh, we're going to wait until they advance a little bit more before we try and talk to them because I just don't think that like we're going to be on the same page here if anything I feel like they're monitoring us just like out of kindness like to make sure we don't like accidentally hurt ourselves when playing with our like primitive rocks and sticks that we have compared to what they have Frankly, it seems like then they should be intervening because I would argue that we are very much hurting ourselves just constantly all the time. That's just like, that's what Earth and humans are doing. (laughs) Yeah, but you don't know that they're not intervening and that they haven't prevented even worse things from happening. Okay, so like what I'm thinking is, and maybe this is controversial, but it's something that we've said before and like did aliens introduced covid because they were like you guys all need to stop and you all need to go home and none of you should leave your houses and uh we're just gonna like take this down a peg maybe i don't know maybe we're really bringing it back because we talked about this on our very first episode ever yeah we did we said is covid an alien virus and it you know, it's it's seeming more and more possible these days. More and more possible. It might be. Who knows? Who knows what the aliens are doing? We just know that they're out there. They are out there. They are. They are out there, but they are here. Sometimes, apparently. Um, yeah, I guess I'd like to know how often are they here? Are they here now are they hearing us when we tell them to abduct us because now i'm kind of slightly more concerned about what we've been asking for at the end of each episode um if alana and i suddenly go missing i guess you guys know why hey listen i still stand by it every time we've said that i've meant it so if they want to come get us come get me at least I guess, frankly, we'd be able to get our questions answered. Exactly. And that's what matters. At least that's what Mulder has taught me. I bet, I bet that the aliens have heard our calls, but they're like, listen, you guys, we're not, we're not taking any of you right now because we're disappointed in where you're at, but we're definitely not taking you guys. <laughs> You guys are not the chosen ones that we're going to be experimenting on on the ship to figure out, you know, the highest levels of human intelligence. Hmm. Well, they're wrong. If that's what they think, I think they're wrong. But speaking of UFOs, this episode starts with the UFO. 
Well, I guess it doesn't start with the UFO, but it kind of starts with the UFO. What it really starts with is Mulder is in crisis, experiencing hypothermia, and just, uh, he's almost dying at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, they start this episode really strong, and we don't have answers. We won't have answers until, I would hope, the next episode. Right. So what they're showing us with Mulder is a flash forward and then they flash back to the start of this. And at the end of this episode, we haven't caught up to that flash forward. So we don't know why Mulder is experiencing hypothermia. Um, But we do see that this all started whenever people on a boat, I don't know what kind of boat, but they're on a boat and they see a UFO and it crashes And then the story is that it was a Russian fighter pilot that crashed. Mm Mm-hmm. Was it? I don't, I don't believe that it was. I don't believe that it was. Something tells me that's just a cover up. I don't know, you guys. Whenever we're listening, though, to the voiceover when Mulder is experiencing hypothermia, he's giving us a monologue, as he normally does. He does say something that's like, if in death I might learn the answers to the questions that have driven me here, I'm fine with that. So he's basically like, you know what, if it takes me dying to find out what else is out there, so be it. Which, like... We knew. I think that was, you know, he's, I guess he's never said it before, but like, he's kind of made that clear um, based on his actions, sometimes his words, but mostly his actions throughout, you know, this first season and a half here. Um, But it is nice to acknowledge it. And it doesn't really answer our question, but like, in some ways it's like we're like what does Mulder want from this and it's like he just wants to know like that's pretty much it like maybe if he weren't to die he'd want to tell other people but like he wants to know so bad that he'd be okay with the fact that he dies if he just knows yeah that is true that's a good point because we've always been like what does he want to do with the information and clearly he hasn't thought that far through it because just knowing is really his goal. And if he dies immediately after he finds out, or if he only finds out once he's dead, then he doesn't care. Yeah. So he's fine with it. I mean, I still have some issues with his logic there, but I guess I at least do understand him more. Yeah, I mean, we're not saying that that we agree. We just understand somewhat. Uh, somewhat. Still seems a bit extreme, but, you know, this is, this is his life's work. And I guess when your life's work is, like, uncovering a secret, like, yeah, your goal is to find out. Like, that's it. <laughs> He is in this episode, I think, maybe not at at his peak 
maybe not at his peak recklessness, but he is, he is pretty reckless. I think he's pretty naive. He pushes forward with things, even when Scully's like, uh, we should, we should stop for a second and think about what we're doing here. And he's like, no, he just accepts everything that's told to him immediately. Just no questions. Just, yeah. What you're saying to me, person, I'm just seeing for the first time. I believe you. Yeah. And incredibly naive to the point where at one point Scully's like, I thought you told me to trust no one. And he's like, oh no, I changed it. It's trust everyone now. I didn't, I tell you. And like, he's joking, but like, he's not joking. That's what he's doing this entire episode. Just right, exactly. everything that happens. Exactly. And it was funny Scully said that because when that scene happens, he's been trusting this agent who is not who they say they are. And I literally wrote down, Mulder, you're supposed to trust no one. What's happening here? But he did a background check on this guy. So it's fine. So it's fine. It's totally fine. And it's like Mulder, Mulder, Mulder. Come on. Man, the, the motto, you had the motto for a reason. <laughs> it's, he that's needs a tattooed on him. Like, mm. maybe like on his forehead so he sees it every time he looks in the mirror. Maybe on his hand so he sees it every time he looks down. I don't know. Somewhere that's very prominent. I think he needs to replace the I want to believe poster in his office with trust no one. Because like, motherfucker, you clearly believe. You don't need to want to believe anymore. Now you need to remember something different and it's to trust no one. Oh, Mulder. So So the the thing that's happening in this episode is that there is, well, we don't know for sure, but probably an alien that has crashed to Earth that is uh, killing all of these people who, uh, we can explain that more later, but this alien can shapeshift into different people. And I was also thinking that they probably would have called this episode shapeshifter if they hadn't already used that in the episode that we don't like. That is possible. Um, But... They used that one up on a not-so-interesting episode. On an episode that was not about shapeshifters. It was about a werewolf. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's potentially, I guess, a shapeshifting alien that has crashed here um, who is killing clones. Really, there are numerous murders across the U.S. that Mulder and Scully are alerted to, um, and they all look the same. And so they're like, well, that's interesting. Scully is like triplets, and Mulder's like, no, no, Scully, not triplets. (laughs) Um, And they don't quite know, or at least it's not confirmed at that point, that they are clones, but they are clones. Right. They are clones. And we find that out. Um, or at least that's what we're told by the person who is not who he, who he says he is. And this guy is obviously lying somewhat. So I don't know that I believe everything that he says, but they are clones. 
they all look like the same middle-aged man and they're all working like in hospitals or in the medical field. And um, the, the first clone's name was Gregor. So they're like the Gregors. And I was wondering in what way does this relate to Eve and that project and does it relate? Um, I was thinking about that while I was watching it, but I don't think that it does. I guess there's a chance that it does, but the reason that I feel like it's not quite related is that so when these doctors, at least when this, the doctor that they're kind of like mostly interacting with this in this episode, who they're trying to prevent from being murdered, um, when he is basically murdered, there is like the green goo coming out of him, which we have seen in the end of season one um, with a potential alien hybrid human type of thing. Um, And I don't know, I guess they don't confirm that that's what these clones are, but there's some sort of relation there because of this green goo. And I don't know that that was the case with the Eves. Although, although they didn't, at least none of the ones we saw in the episode died right in Eve. No, I don't think anybody died. I don't think any of the Eves died or maybe one of them died. Actually. Yeah. I think one of one of the older ones died. Um, Mm -hmm. but that makes sense because I was thinking about that green goo that is their blood that, um, they bleed whenever they're hurt. So it seems like these clones are aliens, like the, the agent who's not really who he says he is, who is actually this, um, alien killer, I guess, that crashed in the UFO. He says that they're Russian clones and that they were put into hospitals in the U S so that if war broke out, they could like, uh, poison our blood supplies and like ruin our pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. And I guess I feel like that part wasn't true. And are these clones or are these aliens or I guess, are they alien clones? Yeah. I, I think I think they're alien clones. And it did make me wonder if like the Eves were maybe like an earlier experiment with cloning and they didn't have the alien DNA perfected at the time. And so they weren't able to inject them with it. And that's why they failed. And they were all like kind of psychotic. Whereas these men appear to be normal um pretty level-headed not doing anything weird um yet you know maybe the war thing would happen but we don't know if that's true um but it's i mean i guess it's possible that they're not clones but like it doesn't seem like it would be necessary for them to all look the same if they weren't actually clones like what purpose that just seems like it'd be a red flag yeah that's a good point because i was considering like were they even created on earth or did they 
like this person who crash lands and can shapeshift? Are they just aliens that have shapeshifted all into this one person? But as you just said, what would be the benefit of doing that instead of looking like different people? Well, there you go. <laughs> I don't think there, there would be one. <laughs> Seems like the fact that they all look alike didn't serve them in this episode because the fact that they were all being killed and looked alike made it more clear that there was a pattern than like some doctors being murdered. Right. And they clearly can't shape shift because wouldn't they have if they could? Right. But the shapeshifter also bleeds that same green goo. Like they're alike in that sense. Yeah. And that one doctor, before he's killed by the alien shapeshifter, throws himself out the window and doesn't die. So more evidence that he's part alien, because as we know, those injected with alien DNA or that habit are semi-indestructible. Yeah. That's true. And whenever the first clone is killed, the, um, what should we refer to him as? Alien killer? I Like, we don't have a name for him. For the shapeshifter? Yeah, I guess we could just call him the shapeshifter. I could give you a term that is used for this man at a later date. And I think it's actually in the description of the next episode. Okay. Um, and it's not, a, it's, they call him the alien bounty hunter. Okay. So okay. Like, basically it's the, the same, but you know, okay. you can call him that and then you'll sound really hip with the lingo. Okay, great. So when the alien bounty hunter kills the first clone, which let me just say, if he's an alien bounty hunter, then isn't the bounty he's hunting aliens and not clones. Just throwing that out there. But whenever he kills the first clone, he says, where is he? Like he's looking for somebody and the clone doesn't know or won't tell him. And I don't believe we know who he's looking for at this point. I don't believe so either. Um, and I don't, yeah, maybe we find out next episode. Maybe. Okay, just wanted to make sure I didn't miss that. I mean, he is, the alien bounty hunter is looking for all of the clones, but I kind of get the feeling that's not who he's referring to. Right. I think you're correct. And now that I, I've thought about it a second longer, I do actually think I know who he's referring to, but I, that's not, they don't say it, is what I'll say. Okay. And there's maybe a part later that gave me more of a hint but maybe when we get there I'll mention it and maybe I won't okay it's hard to know okay. what's a spoiler and what's not sometimes with this show and like sometimes I'm like or is that something they told us later but then that also wasn't true <laughs> yeah I can see that being confusing yeah so and it's like, or did I make that up? And that's not what happens. <laughs> Hard to say. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't trust you because I follow the motto of trust. 
as as you as you should. <laughs> okay, we didn't really say, but like not only are these guys all doctors, but they like all work in abortion clinics. Yes, I was confused about that too. They do all work in abortion clinics and I don't know why. You got to assume there's something with like the fetuses that they want, but I don't I don't have that confirmed. Like why would they all be placed there? Maybe maybe they're just like the aliens are super pro choice and they just want to <laughs> be involved in the movement. <laughs> No, this makes a lot of sense because uh, later on in the episode, Scully finds, I don't, I don't know what she, a headquarters, a factory or something. And there is a fetus um, and multiple fetuses, I think, that are, are getting kind of stepped on, uh, which is gross. But I think that probably does relate. Yeah. I, I mean, it's gotta. Like, there's no way they just randomly chose abortion clinics. <laughs> They have to be, they have to be doing something with whatever, you know, they're, they're doing here. There, there has to be a goal. (laughs) Right. Which is to make more clones that look exactly like this old guy. Maybe like, I just, you know, I assume if you abort a fetus, I guess you can maybe still extract cells from it or DNA from it. But, like, the fetus isn't alive, and I don't think you can keep it alive after the abortion process. I don't think you can maintain and, like, put it somewhere else and grow it into a person. But I don't have alien technology. Maybe they can do that. Right. That's what I'm saying is with our technology, no, that's not possible. But as we know... The aliens are far more advanced than we are. They definitely are. They are incredibly advanced. Skinner is back in this episode, and I was just thinking right before he showed up, we hadn't seen him in a long time. He, like, disappears for a little while, and he shows up as though he's, you know, hasn't been gone. It's like he forgets to check in on them, but, you know, obviously that's not what's happening, but sometimes... He gets so, busy sometimes. I mean, he's the assistant director of the FBI. Like, he's got a lot to do. Frankly, in the episodes when he is in it a lot, I'm like, the X-Files are taking up too much of this man's time. Like, he he must be in charge of other people. <laughs> I'm sure he's in charge of many other full departments and not just a two-man underfunded team. Yeah, but... They're doing the weird shit, so they require the most attention. And they probably get him, I would assume, the most angry. And he is angry in this episode. He's mad at Mulder because the Syracuse detective died, and they he died investigating something Mulder told him to look into. And specifically, he says to Mulder, which I thought was really funny, until this is cleared up, your butt and mine are in a sling. Yeah, he does say that. And I, I've never heard that expression before. Um, and I'm not quite sure that it is an expression. I don't know that that's something people say. I've never heard it before either, but I love it. 
I'm going to start using it. That's for sure. But I'm not even, I, I feel like I'd always use it wrong, but maybe there's no wrong way to use it. Yeah. I think it's open for interpretation in a lot of ways. I think even if you said it and you're like, oh, I use that wrong. Like nobody that you're with would know the saying. And so they'd think it would be used that way. And then what happens is everyone starts saying it, but like for a bunch of different things. <laughs> everyone thinks it that means- so. <laughs> so what I'm thinking is your butt and mine are in a sling means that you're kind of like, you know, like in a catapult kind of, mm. and uh, like you're, that means you're in danger of getting like released, you know, you're, you're on the edge. I see that makes sense. But I think I was thinking of it as more of like, you know, like if your arm's in a sling, you can't really do anything with that arm. Like I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you're stuck. Like you can't do anything. You, you're, you're, you have to stop. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that makes sense. I think it's just funny that he would say, but in that sense, it's funny that he'd say, but at all. (laughs) Yeah. Not just you and I are in a sling. He's like your butt, my butt. (laughs) Are they in the same sling or in the, are they in different slings? I mean, apparently they're both in trouble and they are either both can't do anything or both in danger of being released. <laughs> either way, they're in a sling. So Mulder is told that his father has been trying to reach him. Um, at the FBI and because of a family emergency, which is interesting for a lot of reasons. Number one, we have not really met Mulder's father before this. Um, this is the first time we are meeting him and his mother. Is that true? Yeah. It's the first time that we're meeting both of them. I think that we've Uh seen his mom in flashbacks, but not like currently, Um, But he's talked about his mom in a way that he hasn't talked about his dad, which made me assume that his dad was probably dead, which he is apparently not. He's not, but he's not. I mean, but he, I was going to say was it does seem like, you know, they like shake hands when he sees him. So like, maybe they're not super close. No, I think there's definitely tension when you see them talk to each other and awkwardly shake hands. There's definitely tension, which confirms for me what I've been saying all along, which is that they have a contentious relationship and Mulder has daddy issues. He definitely does. Um, We kind of get from this episode that his parents are divorced because when he tries to call his dad back, his mom answers and he's like, "Mm, I didn't think you'd be at dad's. Um, and they tell him that he needs to come home and they can't, they don't want to tell him anything else on the phone. So like pretty serious vibes here. Um, and as the Hulu description led on, it appears that Samantha Mulder's sister is back. She's apparently back. And 
maybe I'm not wrong about this. I was about to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know that I'm not wrong. We've seen her previously in this episode before we know that she is his sister or claiming to be his sister. She is in the hotel room of one of the Gregor clones that um, Mulder and Scully and this fake agent find, the alien bounty bounty hunter find. Um, And that's the Gregor that jumps out the window Mm -hmm. and survives. This Samantha Mulder supposedly was also there, hid in the closet. Um, So they didn't talk to her then, but she was there. She was there. Um, what does it mean? You know, what does it all mean? Why was she there? How does she know them? Why did she hide? So here's my question. She, when she, when Mulder meets her, um, she tells him this whole story about how She was returned by the aliens at like nine or 10, but she didn't have any memory and she was placed with a family and that family ends up being one of the Gregor clones. So one of the Gregor clones was like her adoptive dad, basically. And that's why she's hiding. I get, well, that's why she was with him. That's why she's hiding, I guess. What I don't understand is why she would go from that hotel room where this case is actively happening and Mulder is trying to help the Gregors. Why would she go to his parents in Connecticut and then call him up there so that she is calling him away from the case and he can no longer do good and help the Gregors because she had called, she has called him away from it. You know, Is she there as a distraction? I don't know. Is she lying? I don't know. These are highly possible. Uh, Yeah, these are highly possible. But Mulder, again, no questions asked, truly no questions asked before he immediately accepts that this is his sister. He tucks his mom into bed which is actually very cute. He kisses her on the forehead. And then his mom is like, is it her, Mulder? Is it really her? And his response is, yeah, mom, I mean, who else would it be? And I think, you know, that's a valid question that they should all be asking. (laughs) Who else would this be and what is she doing? (sighs) Right. I mean, like Mulder says, who else would she be? As in, like, clearly it's her. But Mulder, there's a lot of other people that it could be. I mean, you've just met a shape-shifting alien bounty hunter. Yeah, and and a whole bunch of alien clones, and you're actively investigating probably one of the bigger cases you've ever been on, especially in terms of, you know, things that you want to be finding out. And all of a sudden, you have to go up and see your family who you clearly don't spend a whole lot of time with. I don't know. It's weird timing. Very suspicious. And I'll also say that my suspicions started immediately with this episode, yet again, because of the Hulu description. Because in the Hulu description, it says, while Mulder and Scully investigate murders being committed by a shapeshifter who can turn into different people, 
Mulder's sister reappears. And sister was in quotation marks. We're unsure who she is. Even Hulu is like, I don't know what we should call her, but she says that she's his sister. (laughs) So we'll say that, but we'll put it in quotes. Must be hard for Hulu to write those descriptions and be like, okay, now don't spoil anything. But like, sometimes how? How do you do it? True. And also, if he is, I mean, if she is really his sister, I'm going to be surprised because the description misdirected me. Well, the description is telling you that as of this episode, we don't know that this is the truth because it seems kind of suspicious. They should put that actual disclaimer in text on every description. Lulu should just have no descriptions for the X-Files. They're like, just watch it. Just, you know what? If you need a sentence about it, you're, you're not ready for what's about to happen to you. Cause it's not, it's not going to be helpful anyway. Right. It's true. I also recently watched a documentary called The Imposter, which was a true story based on a kid who disappeared when he was, I think, nine and then turned back up, I don't know, six years later. And guess what? It wasn't really him. Are you kidding me? It wasn't. You know what? That one gives it away in the title. True. True. It does. That one, you know, right away. (laughs) Mulder gets extremely hit by a car before he meets his sister. Um, yeah. (laughs) Mulder does get hit by a car. And um, it's like not that big of a deal because the rest of the episode is so fucking crazy. Right. And I mean... Again, I just want to stress, he he extremely gets hit by a car. It's not a little tap. He gets hit by the car. He goes over the hood of the car. He crashes into the window and shadows the window of the car. Not an easy thing to do. Takes a lot of force. He rolls off the car onto the asphalt. Um, and then he seems in pain. Scully comes up to him and is like, are you okay? And he says... I'm fine. I just got the wind knocked out of me. He's fine. He's totally. (laughs) He should go to the hospital, but um, he just got the wind knocked out of him. So he should have probably like at least a broken hip, probably a broken leg, some broken ribs, some internal bleeding. Yeah. The bare minimum, he should have, like, significant wounds. (laughs) But he is fine. He just got the wind knocked out of him. He's fine. He doesn't even have a limp. Not even a limp for the rest of the episode. Uh, You know, nothing can stop that man. (laughs) While Mulder is in Connecticut, reconnecting with his sister, Scully ends up in danger again 
Um, just, you know, when is she not in danger? Well, I was thinking about this during the episode because I was like, you know, we're spending a lot of time worrying about Skelly being in danger in this episode. But the beginning of the episode showed us that Mulder's the one with extreme hypothermia in the hospital and Scully is like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? So at some point in the next episode, the tables really turn. <laughs> You're right. You're right. And I didn't even consider that. I feel like by the end of this episode, I had forgotten what happened at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. I I was thinking about it a lot. Cause I was like, it's kind of nice to like, you know, Scully's in danger again, yada, yada, yada. But like, to not really have to worry because we've kind of seen a glimpse of what happens later. And it's like, okay, well, clearly she figures it out and it's fine. And something happens to Mulder. So we don't really need to worry about her. <laughs> right. I think she is having, I think she goes through a lot of emotions in this episode. I guess specifically a lot of like disbelief and like, are you fucking kidding me? And is this shit real? In this episode, whenever uh, the alien bounty hunter who is disguised as an agent is describing the clones, she really gives a look like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? Um, And then she does it again, too, whenever Mulder tells her that the detective that was killed in Syracuse, they couldn't find a cause for death in him and he wants her to do an autopsy because of that and when she hears that like her 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 jaw goes slack basically she's like is is this shit real she's like who's pranking me like i am not what the fuck you guys (laughs) molder (laughs) oh and you know what she should she should be appalled and shocked and annoyed and confused mostly (laughs) She also, whenever she's chasing one of the Gregors, the Gregor ends up killed by the alien bounty hunter. And she shows up afterwards and the Gregor has dissolved into green goo that she steps in. And when she steps in it, does not question it. It's kind of like, oh, that's gross and walks away. But then the next day she shows up and shows her shoe to Mulder and it has been like, eaten away by whatever the green goo was totally destroyed and it made me wonder because i kind of can't remember and it wasn't even that long ago but like didn't they see the green goo in the season one finale and why are they not immediately like oh we've seen this before let's connect the dots what happened then what was going on that episode was very informative about aliens. She held an alien fetus by the end of that episode. And yet she's like, huh, green goo, weird. <laughs> I thought the same thing. It's like everything that has happened before is just like not even in their mind at all. They've experienced clones before multiple times. And it doesn't matter. They've they've experienced and seen with their own eyes alien-human hybrids. It's like that doesn't even come into their mind at all. If it does, they don't say it. No, and it's I find it incredibly frustrating because it's like, I think the writers want the audience to remember. 
Like, they want us to be piecing these things together, and yet, like, their characters are not doing it. (laughs) And it's like, okay, last time this happened, like, even just watching that man throw himself out the window and not die would have been like, okay, we've seen kind of indestructible people before. They were possibly part of this alien-human hybrid experiment. Something is going on here, like, think think but no no it's a very weird choice for the writers to have these very obvious connections that i think you and i are thinking of more easily because we've been watching this like in a short span of time like yes like once a week but like when this actually was airing the time these episodes like the season 1 episodes that relate to this that was probably like a full year apart, at least, if not more than a full year apart for most of the audiences. So for them to not have a character be like, hey, remember when we've seen this before? It's just a surprising uh, narrative choice that they're making. It is. And like, let me tell you, you'd be shocked what I've realized they expect us to remember throughout this show. Because there is stuff from like season one that I was like, this shit's in season eight. And you guys were talking about this in like right now. I don't know how you expected anyone to remember that. Like <laughs> literally eight years later. <laughs> I mean, clearly they don't even expect their own characters to remember it. Yeah. It's like, maybe they don't, but they were like one day there's going to be this thing called streaming and people are going to be able to rewatch this. And they're going to be shocked to see what we did. (laughs) And And that's what we're here for. That's what's happening to me right now. (laughs) I don't know if we've talked about Scully's fashion for a while, but I just want to call out that there's a scene where she's sitting in front of a computer and she's wearing her blue glasses and she's wearing a red plaid shirt. And I thought that was a great look and she looked great. She looked incredible. Um, You know, usually when we say we like Skelly's outfits, it's because they look a little gay. And that feels true for this as well. Absolutely. Even Mulder's were like, he dressed like a lesbian. Yes. (laughs) It was cute. (laughs) It's really the queer X-Files style that we're here to call out. And this was definitely a queer look for her. She also, towards the end of the episode, wears very oversized sweatpants that I thought, well, sweatpants and um, I guess like sweatsuit. It's, you know, she's like fully in a sweatsuit. And I thought that was a great look for her too. I think it makes the most sense for her to be wearing a sweatsuit most of the time. You know, every time I see her in a skirt and heels trying to run and chase down some crazy bullshit, I'm like, girl, go home, put your sweats on. Get some sneakers, please, because it's just irresponsible for you to be trying to chase people down in heels. I mean, you can do it, and that's clear, but it just seems, like, highly unnecessary. And wouldn't you rather your sneakers be eaten by green goo rather than your fancy heels? Yeah, she was like, I bought them last week. Like, isn't that just devastating? (laughs) But Scully is slowly figuring things out sort of throughout this episode and starts to realize that she is being followed while Mulder is, you know, 
up in freaking Martha's Vineyard with his family uh, and his quote-unquote sister. And um, she is like, I don't even know if her and Mulder ever have a phone conversation until almost the end, but she's like, they're like leaving each other voicemails. She's like, um, I think something bad is happening. Someone's following me. And he's like, Oh, do this. But like, they're not having conversations. And I'm like, you guys need to really get on the phone and talk this out because this is some really serious stuff going on right now. (laughs) This really bothered me because like, okay, I understand a couple misconnections here. You know, Mulder's busy with his family when Scully calls, so he doesn't pick up the phone. Then Mulder, Mulder calls Scully, and she just walked out the door. Sure. Okay. I'll allow that. But Scully has a cell phone, and not once does Mulder try to call it until the very end of the episode. All of this time, he's, like, tracking her down to hotels. He's... Okay, that was also insane that I, I have to say, is that he calls the hotel. She has told him she's going to stay at through a voicemail. He talks to the person working at the hotel. She hasn't checked in yet. He's like, okay, whenever she checks in, tell her to call Mulder. Write that down. Tell her to call Mulder. The guy goes to write it down. His pencil breaks. And then he's like, what was I supposed to tell her? She walks in immediately after. He doesn't remember. Insane. Just insane. I mean, I mean, I guess that's, I guess it's the point is that they're not able to get the information to each other that they need to get to each other. But it's very frustrating for us, the audience, to witness when it could have been avoided. It could have been so easily avoided. I understand it's a plot device because we need them not to talk to each other. But then why give Scully a cell phone that she has on her at all times? Maybe he doesn't know that number, but he does. We've seen him call it before. They have both of each other's cell phone and house phone numbers memorized. And that's clear. And they call each other and go, Mulder, it's me. Because no one else calls you. It's me. (laughs) Yeah, you can't tell me that Mulder doesn't know Scully's phone number off by heart. He doesn't. 100%. She knows his. I mean, it's... They... Who else do they call, really? No one. No one. But it's, it is really frustrating. And especially, as you already said, Scully calls Mulder and is like, I'm in danger. I'm being followed. And you would think he would make a harder effort to get in touch with her after that, make sure she's fine. He does when he calls, I have to say, when he calls her house and she's just left the house. So he leaves a voicemail on her house phone. He says, Scully, it's Mulder. Pick up the phone. Like he's just like very authoritative when he talks to her. And he's kind of it's not like he's angry. He's just being like very authoritative. And I will say that I liked that. I knew that's what was coming. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's, like, he's in kind of, like, it's not even necessarily panic mode, but he's, like, something serious is happening, and I'm in charge, and this is what we're going to do, and here's what you're going to do, and do it now. And I understand why that's, uh, you know, enjoyable for you. 
It is enjoyable. It's attractive to me. But I think it's also because like he doesn't normally talk to Scully like that. This isn't like how he normally interacts with her. This is like him, I think out of concern and also out of like this shit is going crazy. Just being like, here's what we're doing. Listen to me. Do it now. And I appreciate that every once in a while. Not all the time, but every once in a while. Yeah. And I think the same is probably true for Scully. You know, if Mulder talked to her like that all the time, she'd be probably pretty annoyed. <laughs> mm-hmm. But every once in a while, uh, it's allowed. And it it does show the level of seriousness we are, um, you know, experiencing here. Yeah. High stakes. Very high. I guess should we, I guess we kind of already talked about it, but should we talk more about when Scully finds this factory and sees this alien bounty hunter stepping on, I don't know, sacks containing some, some type of alien human hybrid fetuses, I think. And she afterwards picks one up and there is a tiny little fetus in it that moves. Um, yeah, we can talk about it, but I think that you covered it just right there. That is, that is what happens there. And I don't really have any answers to what the fuck is really happening. And my brain is like trying to make connections to things that I know happen later. And like, there's maybe some, but like, well, like, first of all, I'm not going to say them, but also they seem like slightly off. Like I'm, I'm missing something else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess I just assumed that they were growing more clones like the Gregor clones. And that is why this alien bounty hunter is killing them so that there aren't more. And like, he's like stopping the source, but I guess I just mostly thought it, it was, it was gross um that's fair yeah and i do think you're right that that is probably what's going on um because it's not it seems like the clones are possibly a human invention just as the previous alien human hybrids that we saw um were not like aliens made them and sent them down you know there was a lab that we saw them growing in um and and it was gross. It was gross. Um, Scully, not really that shocked by it, to be honest. I mean, she's not not shocked, but she's not overly shocked. She has, like, pretty mild reactions to things at this point. Um, I feel like it would take a lot to truly shock her. You know, Alana, once you've held an alien fetus like where do you go from there but she has seemingly forgot that she did that because she never brings it up no no she i mean and they like gave they like gave it to someone mm-hmm. and then they killed deep throat immediately yeah. i mean it's a traumatizing day for all of us but while she's this lab all of the remaining Gregors show up and tell her that they need her protection and earlier we learned that they're trying to contact Mulder because they thought Mulder could protect them which I thought was cute 
And Scully makes the decision to call the cops and to put them in protective custody. And we see them all in the back of separate police cars. And I feel like all of their faces, like they're all sighing. They're all like exasperated. I think they're all thinking like, this is a terrible idea. And it is a terrible idea. I don't know why she would make this choice. Yeah. um, She made the wrong (laughs) choice, especially... Yeah, it's just clear that, like, something strange is going on. And, like, she was, I think at this point, already suspicious of that. Um, I think he was, like, in the CIA, the other agent that went with them when they saw the first Gregor who jumped out of the window. She was, like, something was something was up there. And yet she was, like, but I'm going to continue to trust other law enforcement, even though I shouldn't. I should never really, but like, especially right now involving these specific people. And she's also giving these clones to just, you know, regular police officers who have no understanding what they're up against. I mean, I guess she doesn't really either, but like, she does not convey to them how important this is, who these people are. Mm-mm. Who might try to come after them? Like, she doesn't give them any details to go on. She's like, just, can you take these guys? Thank you. Like, I just don't have time to watch them tonight. <laughs> and they put them all in the same, not jail cell. They're in different jail cells, which, first of all, they don't need to be in jail. They didn't do anything wrong. But they put them all in the same location, which is so stupid. Yeah. And, like, wouldn't they even, like, wouldn't they be concerned and be like, why are there, why are there so many? (laughs) Right. They should be asking questions, but they don't. Scully says, don't let anybody in to see them. And they immediately let someone in alone to see them. And the police officer's like, oh, should I stand watch? And the guy's like, no, go away. And the police officer's like, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Yep, you got it. Have fun. (laughs) Good luck in there. Oh, so stupid. You know, it's not her best moment. It's definitely not her best moment. It's not. And then she immediately goes back to her hotel room And takes a shower. Because what else would she do? Call Mulder again? Wait to get a a phone call from him? No. No. She's she's fucking sick of that game. It's the middle of the day and she needs a shower. (laughs) She's had had a tough couple of days, okay? (laughs) This is what she must do. At the end of this episode, Scully is home. There's a knock on the door. It's Mulder. He's finally come. You know, they're going to protect each other and they're going to figure this shit out. And then the phone rings and guess who it is? It's Mulder. And she's like, oh, no. The one time she actually picks up the phone. Thank God. (laughs) I have to say this... um... This ending made me very excited. I was like, you know what? I bet there are some fan fictions about this. About the double Mulder dynamic. (laughs) 
Um, absolutely. There definitely has to be. And I can't wait to read them. But that is where this episode ends with, uh oh, there's two molders. And God, I can't wait to see what happens next. Watching an episode with two molders, if that's what we get next week, I mean, I, I, heaven, just going to be in heaven. Will you be? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens to them. You know what I didn't consider until we were talking about this right now? And I don't think this is the case, but, you know, there's the possibility that the Mulder they were saving at the beginning of this episode is the alien bounty hunter and not mm. real Mulder. There is. That is the chance now that we now that we have this twist here at the end. It would mean the voiceover was a lie, but sure. Well, not necessarily a lie. I mean, he'd be ready to die for it, and now we know that. It's just he's not gonna do it right now. Yeah, there. <laughs> but the following episode is described by Hulu. So, you know, potential spoilers uh, pending. But uh, as Mulder attempts to catch an alien bounty hunter who holds the key to his sister's whereabouts. See, now that's interesting because supposedly we know where his sister is and she's at his parents. Well, she went somewhere. (laughs) And what happens to Scully? Description doesn't tell me. Description tells you nothing about her. Um, You know, she's busy figuring out this whole molder on molder dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, This little image also looks like she got a haircut, but like there's no way she had time to do that. So it must just be a weird hair day for her. I don't know. Maybe she did. Maybe, look, maybe she was like, the molder in front of me is maybe not the real molder, but maybe we're going to try to have sex and we're going to see what happens and what, what that is like. And then she does that. And then she's like, you know what? That was a crazy decision that I made. I really got to go get my hair cut um, to shake off this thing that I just did. And that's that's what I I think we're gonna see next week. Very interesting um, uh, hypothesis. Is that based in in any sort of reality for you and your own haircutting experiences? I mean, sure. Yes, I cut my hair all the time, and for a variety of reasons. But I mean, seeing a clone of somebody. Um, has not yet been a reason, but were I to, mm-hmm. I think that it would be a reason that I cut my hair. Not just seeing the clone, though. You, you've you made it so they had sex. Right, yes. And then she... <laughs> oh, absolutely. If I had sex with a clone of somebody that I knew, 100%, yes, my, my immediate reaction to that would be to cut my hair. I think... Uh... That's valid. And I think that that is, that rings true. (laughs) (laughs) It certainly is. It certainly is true for me. Well, now that it's been confirmed by the former 
head of the Pentagon? Um, head of the UFO investigative of the UFO investigative unit at the Pentagon. So basically the Pentagon's X-Files. Um, aliens, guys, what are you waiting for? Come get us. We're scared. 